Welcome to church this morning. Come on in and grab a seat. Come on in. It's good to be in church. Hey, so uh, while people are grabbing a seat, just have a glance around. If there's someone on your row or in front of you or behind you, you don't know their name, tap them on the shoulder, introduce yourself. Just say a quick hi. You know, be brave. Welcome kids, welcome to church. It is good, hey, it's great to have you here. In case you don't know me, my name is Josh. Um, a special warm welcome to any guests. If you're, if you're visiting with us this morning, if it's your first or second time, then on your way out, make sure you grab one of our guest packs. It's just got some more information about us as a church. So they're just on the little table at the back there. There's a white pack. So on your way out at the end of the gathering, just grab one of those. And um, if you'd like to connect with us, we would love to connect with you. There's a little um, form inside there. You can just fill that in and then just drop that into one of the giving, the giving boxes and in the foyer and we would love to actually connect with you during the week. Who's had a birthday or wedding anniversary in the last week? Yeah. Hey, here we go. Is that a birthday? Oh, yes. How many years? 86. Woo! Happy birthday. Any other birthdays? Put your hand nice and high and wedding anniversaries nice and high and we'll get some chocolate to you. So the team are running around with chocolate. Any others? We've got a hand down the back there. So the host team's running just by the sound desk. There. Any others? Wave your hand nice and high. The host team are looking around. Has anybody missed out? No, we're good to go. Hey, well, we declare God's blessing on everyone who's had a birthday or wedding anniversary. May the year ahead be one where you connect with God even more and know His pleasure. Awesome. Hey, let's turn to our, our eyes to the screen. We've got the video news. Hey everyone, welcome to Activate Church. Yeah, and also a big welcome if you're new or watching from Ruakura North or Tuako Campus. It's so good to have you with us. This 6pm we are watching the Amazon series starring Josh Van Berkel from Activate Christchurch and Jared Van Berkel. It's going to be a lot of fun. Why don't you come along, bring your friends, bring your family. I've seen them and they are awesome. It's going to be a great time. I hope to see you there. We have an epic night planned for youth and intermediates next Friday from 6.30 to 8.30pm at Rokita Campus. It would be great if you could come along. On the 2nd of March at 7.30pm, we have prayer gathering at Ruakuta Campus. It'll be great to see you there and partner in prayer together. Baptisms are coming up on the 7th of March at our 6pm gathering. So if you do want to be baptised, make sure you see a leader or contact the hub. Hi guys, I'm checking in from a Cook's Cove walk up in the east coast, um, just out of Gisborne. And um, here we are at the peak and I am reminded that very shortly I am going to be joining you at Activate Conference Ascend in March. And I just know this is going to be such a time of divine wisdom and insight as we come up higher into the presence of God where we can receive downloads, insights um, and into the wisdom of heaven for our time, our nation and our people. So I can't wait to meet you all at Ascend Conference in March. It's going to be an incredible time together where we... 
um, really meet face to face with God. Blessings. We have Activate Conference coming up from the 11th to the 13th of March. It's going to be awesome and it's only three weeks away. So make sure you get your registrations in by the 7th of March so you don't miss out. That's the 7th of March. Get in quick, guys. It's going to be a great opportunity to make some memories and counter God. I'm expecting that everyone will encounter God and we're going to invest into our spiritual journeys. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you don't miss it. If you need prayer for anything, make sure you don't hesitate and come down to the front after our gatherings as we have a prayer team available that would love to stand with you in prayer. Thank you so much, Church, for being purposed in your giving. And you can give at all three campuses at the giving stations, or you can give through PushPay, or you can go on our website and find the internet banking number. Thank you so much, and I declare blessing over each giver in Jesus' name. Well, that wraps up all our notices. Yeah, I pray that you experience God's presence today in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Nice one. I feel like you have to watch the video news with your diary out already and just ready to jot down all the things that are going on. There's lots happening, lots of exciting stuff coming up. And of course, Activate Conference. So really looking forward to that. I've got a little sneak peek in behind the scenes of just one of the things that's being organised for conference. There's a whole lot that's going into this. It's going to be, it's going to be a great event. Hey, why don't we, why don't we stand? Can you, can you stand to your feet? We're just going to, we're going to connect into into worship, worshiping God. But as we do, so just before we do, I'd like you to close your eyes. And as we come in this morning, it's likely that you've, you know, you're carrying all sorts of different distractions or thoughts in your mind or maybe pressures from the week. Maybe you had a, a fight with the kids on the, on the way on the church this morning or, um, or just, just too much pressure at work, whatever it is. I want you to imagine now all of those things, all of those distractions, all of that, the stuff that's weighing you down, it's like a backpack on your shoulder. And as you walk in, you're taking that backpack off and you're putting it at the feet of Jesus right in front of you, just dropping that on the ground. And now you're just letting go of looking at that and you turn your eyes up and now you're looking at Jesus. And Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we push aside everything that is a distraction. Instead, we focus on you, our Savior, our Lord, our forgiver. Thank you, Jesus, for all you have done for all you are. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you that you wipe our sins away. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that you love us amazingly, more than we can know. to you this morning.
dots but there's a whole lot of victory (laughs) verses coming through and what a pastor said last week just really spoke to my heart that so often we can come to a place where we're facing battles in our lives and we start to lose hope because we don't see things changing so I want to give you some hope this morning Exodus 17 11 says As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. How good is that? If you need a battle, just hold your arm up. It's pretty good, eh? (laughs) But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. Was that God's plan? All right, Stephen, here we go. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on legends. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. So they won. Yeah, God had a plan and it was victory. But how many know that we can feel like Moses sometimes, that we've been fighting, we've been battling, we've been lifting our arms to God and worshipping Him. And sometimes it feels like I've got nothing more to give. How many know in those times it's when we need people like Aaron and her, people in our connect group, people in our church family to come, to stand beside us, to take us a seat so we can rest. However, we're still in the victory because they're lifting our arms. All that was needed was arms to be lifted. God didn't say the rule was that He had to lift them, right? But they were there together. So this morning, what is it in your circumstance that you're facing right now that you need to see God come through? You need to see the victory of God move. We're gonna take a moment to pray and to come before God and say, Lord, this is what I'm needing. Or God, this is my battle. What do I need to do to move forward? Or what is it you're gonna do, God? Give me hope. Give me strength to keep keep on fighting till I see that victory, till sunset. Get my arms lifted. 
For some of you, maybe you're at the point where you're like, actually, I've got nothing more to give. I need someone to sit me down and to lift my arms for me. And that's okay too. So when we take this time of prayer to lift our request before God, I invite you to come forward. Our prayer team are gonna be up the front here. And if you need someone to stand with you to declare victory and to call on God to for breakthrough, then I invite you to come now out of your seats. So let's take this time, take this moment. And if you're at home, stand where you are. Lift your arms before God. Stand with the person next to you. If you need to sit, that's fine. We're going to spiritually lift your arms from this place in this room. <laughs> so let's, let's come before God right now. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we come before you. want to see a victory, Lord. Yeah, yeah. We need to see a victory, Lord. falls, you won't prevail Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph And my God will never fail Oh my God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the your prayers to God right now. Where do you need to see Him break through? Father God, we thank You. Lord, in people's lives, whether it be sickness that they're facing, oh God, debilitating sickness that is robbing them of freedom to be able to move and breathe and function as they need to, we speak healing over their situation right now. God, with people that may be in financial, Lord God, financial situations, they need to see You break through. Father God, Lord God, bring victory, we pray. We declare our arms are lifted on their behalf, Father. Our arms are lifting them up, Lord, for You to come through. In Jesus' Name. God, where there may be relationship situations, God, we declare Your goodness. We declare Your love. We declare Your peace. We declare Your restoration, oh God. That people would walk, oh God, with joy in their step because they've seen the hand of God in their circumstance. In this situation, Father, right now, right now, press in, church, press in. Where do you need to see God move? Press in. Thank you, Jesus. There's power. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. In every war He wages, He will win. Amen. And I'm not backing down from it.
sing it out for the battle belongs to we're gonna see a victory sing it again we're gonna see a victory lifting up your brother and sister's arms lift them up for the expects from us, what He asks of us is faith. Faith to believe that it's not just natural that we live in, but it's supernatural. Um, I heard a testimony um, just this last week from healing rooms um, here that happened on on Saturdays of someone who had a um, growth on the bottom of their foot, a bit of bone that was incredibly painful to walk on, completely healed. Got up the next morning and the lump was gone, pain was gone. So when you're looking for victories, God is the God of the supernatural. And we're seeing a move here. There are so many testimonies that you just don't even hear. And then you hear little bits. You're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. So what is it in your life that you're needing that victory for? Push forward. And as Naomi said, in your small groups, uh, if you're in a small group, that's a great place to have your arms lifted high. Bring your needs, bring the areas of victory you're looking for or in accountability groups or with someone that you just pray with and have others pray with you looking for those breakthroughs. So, yes, thank you, God, for victory. Amen. Hey, why don't you grab a seat and as you do, just uh, introduce yourself to the person beside you. If you don't know them, make sure you know their name. Say hi. going to come around the communion table now. So uh, Gillian Brown is going to come and share communion with us. Welcome Gillian. Well, good morning. Yes, I'm Gillian. And it's a privilege to lead us around communion this morning. And I hope if you're joining us online that you'll uh, have something that you can uh, use for the, uh, the cup and the bread this morning too. And if you know and love Jesus, then you're welcome to join with us. Did you know that six weeks today is Easter Sunday? Yeah, once again, the year is galloping by. And I wonder what you think of first when Easter is mentioned. A holiday? School holidays? Easter eggs? Hot cross buns? The fun of Easter camps? Maybe the hard work of setting up tents for Easter camps and then being washed out? I know that happened one year in Christchurch. I often remember a particular Easter camp when on Easter Sunday we got up at dawn and we all climbed up a little hill to a little old church building 
and we sang and we celebrated that Jesus had risen. So let's remember what Easter is all about. Why do we even have this four-day holiday in our calendar? And it's because of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection. Without Easter, we wouldn't have hope. If Jesus hadn't died on the cross and risen again, our faith would be just another religion of trying to do the right thing, trying to be good enough to keep some God happy. Paul talks about this in his first letter to the Corinthian church because some of them were saying that there was no such thing as the resurrection. In chapter 15, Paul says, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Sometimes when we come to Easter and to communion, we come with a somberness and a sadness. And there's a real place for that because Jesus did suffer and he did die for us. But this morning I want us to celebrate, to celebrate the wonder of Jesus coming to us, living among us, loving us so much that he was prepared to die for us. There's nothing we can do that will make him love us more. So let's celebrate that love and share it with those around us. Let's remind ourselves of Jesus' words to his disciples shortly before he was arrested. He said, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Let's live celebrating our life in Jesus and his amazing love for us. And I'd like to read Jesus' words to his disciples on the night he was betrayed. He said, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body, take this and eat it. And he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it. For this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for coming to live among us. And we thank you especially for dying for us, for being prepared to pay the price for our sins. And we thank you that you are a risen saviour. We thank you that you did rise from the dead. We thank you that our hope is in you, that our future, our eternity is with you, and that you're walking with us every step of the way in this life here. Thank you for your love. Help us to show it to those around us, to enjoy your love, to know your, your blessing and your encouragement on each of us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So we're going to listen to a song called Beloved and take the bread and the cup as you're ready when you're listening. The song reminds us again of how much God loves us. We are his beloved children no matter what's happening around us or what our feelings are trying to tell us. 
The song doesn't mention God specifically, but it's a Christian artist and he's talking about Jesus and about his love for us. So let's listen and take the elements as you're ready. Thank you, Hannah. How can you measure up to deserve affection To ever be enough for this existence When did it get so hard? Your heart is beating, alive and breathing And there's a reason why You are essential, not accidental And you should
Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that we have that assurance this morning that we are truly loved. Lord, that we are your treasure. And I just really pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak into each of our lives this morning, bring us fresh revelation and fresh understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm Michael, married to the wonderful Gillian, who led us in communion. And if you're online with us this morning, um, love you to have you with us. Um, I want us just to explore uh, for a little bit about what happened over Valentine's Day. And um, in our household, Gillian and I give each other a nice card. I don't know what you did if you're married or if you've got a special man or woman in your life. And uh, the way it rolls in our place is that we share one card and you write in the card, but you're not allowed to read what the other person said. No cheating allowed. And then once you've done that, then you're allowed to read what the other person has said. So that was great, and Valentine's Day is always a bit of a, um, a happy, sad kind of occasion for us. Uh, we've been married for 36 years, 37 years this year, like Ray and Wendy celebrated their 37th wedding anniversary just recently, so that deserves a clap, I think. Well done, guys. But Valentine's Day is also the birthday of our first, first grandson, Damien, and he tragically died at 18 months old. And so, you know, it's this kind of bittersweet kind of time for us. We remember God's goodness and faithfulness in this 36 years of marriage. But we remember that during that time, there have been seasons of real heartache, of real sorrow. And I think the theme of our gathering that's been coming through this morning has been about the victory that we have in Christ. But the victory we have in Christ does not always come without heartache and sorrow. Jesus died on the cross for us. He gave everything. He poured out his life for us that you and I, those of you at home, that we might have freedom, that we might come into that redemptive relationship with him. And so sometimes we are sold this lie in the world in which we live that, you know, it all has to go smoothly. And the passage of Scripture we're going to look at this morning kind of reflects something of that as we look at a passage of Scripture that talks about uh, a rich man. And uh, Hannah's going to pick up the first slide for us. And one of the shocking things that I've discovered in my Christian life, is that God's first priority is not my comfort. Anyone else experience that? God is not always interested in my comfort. God is not always interested in your comfort. He's on the journey with us. He's committed to us. But sometimes it's in the midst of sorrow and heartache that we run into the purposes of God. And when we talk about the victory that we have in Jesus, sometimes we find that victory in the midst of sorrow and heartache. I remember having a dream, and I was in heaven, and um, this person came and tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned around, and he was a fully grown young man. And he said, Grandpa, I'm Damien. And you know, sometimes it's in the midst of that heartache and sorrow that we experience the victory of Jesus. And this story that we're going to look at this morning reminds us that sometimes those things that we're looking for comfort are really false comforters in our lives because Jesus wants us to experience the real comforter, the Holy Spirit who indwells us, who's on this journey of life with us. And so if you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to open them to, uh, to Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 23. I'm reading from the New Living Translation and uh, just talking about this young man, for him, his comfort had been in the worldly wealth that he could accumulate. I'm reading from verse 18. 
Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer the question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery, you must not murder, and you must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard the answer, he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the man heard this, he was very sad, for he was very rich. Now this passage of scripture isn't saying, you know, we don't all need to rush off and sell your house, even though it might be a good time to sell a house and, you know, give all your riches to others or whatever. But what Jesus was talking about in this passage of scripture is that sometimes our possessions can be a false comforter to experiencing the, the, the true comforter of God working in your life and in my life. In this passage of scripture, we'll come to see that Jesus before um, talking to this young man, and as it's recorded in Luke, there's a story about how children encountered the kingdom of God. And there's a bit of a contrast going on between what is it like for a child to encounter the kingdom of God and how do we encounter the kingdom of God? Because it's amazing, isn't it? But with a passage of time, you forget that childlike faith. You know, you forget what it is to trust. You forget that sense of wonder. And, and you just kind of get into the pattern um, of the way things have become the new normal for you. And then in, this, uh, in Luke, we find that passage about the rich young ruler and how for him uh, riches had become his false comforter. And then Jesus goes on to talk about a religious leader and how for him the way that he expected the Messiah to come was his comfort. His comfort was knowing what the Scriptures said, his interpretation of the Scriptures. And you know, who's found that God doesn't always work according to your formula? Have you found that? You know, you've got a formula. You think, well, if I do A, B, then I'll get C. It worked last time. It's going to work this time. And you do A, and you do B, and you get D. God will not be put in a box. You know, God explodes out of the box. And so these are some of the things that Jesus is wanting us to get hold of in this passage of Scripture. Jesus is announcing that the new kingdom is coming. The kingdom of heaven is coming from heaven to earth. And in this new kingdom, you need to come as a child. One of the things about children is that they, you know, they come and they see things at face value and they embrace it in that kind of way. And in this new kingdom, in the old kingdom, children were of no value. Children were sometimes bought and sold. In the new kingdom, everyone is of value because they're created in God's image. Friends, you and I are created in the image of God. You have amazing value because you're created in God's image. If you look to the person to the left and the right of you, might be a bit freaky and hopefully without embarrassing them too much. If you look to the person to the left and right of you, or if you're at home on your own, I guess look in the mirror, that would work. Um, You're created in the image of God. You're unique, you're special, not because you got up this morning, not because you had wheat bicks instead of cornflakes, not because you're going to work... Um, I don't know, a 40-hour week this coming week, not because you've got money in the bank, but simply because you're created in God's image. And I think part of this victory that we have, this theme that's been coming through, this victory that we have in Jesus is because we understand we're created in God's image. We're created with purpose. We're created to rule with God. We're heirs with God, co-heirs with Christ, because we're created in God's image. 
What an amazing, what an amazing thought that is to grasp, isn't it? You know, you look at the, um, the created universe around us, as wonderful as it is. I look at our daughter's dog that we've been looking after for five years now. She had him for four, we've had him for five. Had a conversation with her when she was 18. Dad, I want to get a dog. That's nice, darling. What are you going to be doing for the next 10 years? A dog lives for 10 years. Do you know what you're doing for the next 10 years? It'll be sweet, Dad. Well, it is sweet. We've looked after him for five years. She looked after him for four years. But when our grandson died at 18 months, I felt God saying, look after your daughter's dog. She's had enough loss in her life. And we've done that. You know, life has twists and turns. But Buddy, as much as we love him, and some days we don't love him as much as other days, he's not created in the image of God in the way that you're created and I am. We need to understand in this old kingdom, you know, that provision made was made by accumulating wealth. In the new kingdom, the wealth that we're entrusted with is so that we might share it with others, that they might experience something of God's love and purpose for their lives. And so the idea with the worldly riches that we have is not that we might grow a fat bank account, but others might see the goodness and the faithfulness of God for them. In the old kingdom, it was all about rules and regulations. It was all about keeping the Old Testament law perfectly. But in the new kingdom, we're filled with God's spirit. And we need to be obedient to those promptings and nudgings of God's spirit. And I love how Josh has picked up and, and love how the team's picked up on this theme of victory that we have in Jesus. Something of the Holy Spirit is wanting to emphasize this morning. But victory that we have in Jesus, not just in a sense of, of our own effort, not just in a sense of being triumphalistic, but in the sense that even in our midst of our weakness, even in the midst of our uh, fragility, God is there with us. And I, I just feel that the Holy Spirit is pe- speaking to people this morning and saying, look, some of you have faced situations that are not yet resolved. Some of you are in the midst of heartache and suffering. And in the midst of that, God will bring a victory. But it doesn't always come in your timing. It doesn't always come in the way that you expect. I was chatting to someone before this gathering, and they've been praying for their son for two years for a job. And this year, the job has come. That's great, isn't it? That's worth a clap. Thank you, Lord. But it doesn't always happen straight away, does it? So I want to encourage you. If you're in the midst of a situation, you don't see an immediate resolution. God's not being some kind of celestial meanie wanting, wanting to see you suffer in that situation. But I think we need to, we've had to learn, Gillian and I, to live with mystery. You know, I remember when Damien died and we were called to the hospital and we laid hands on him and prayed for him to be raised from the dead and nothing happened, and then they did the autopsy, and now he's stuffed with cotton wool and organs missing. And I said, well, God, you could have had it the easy way, but you wanted to do it the hard way. So we laid hands on him and prayed for him again. We live with the mystery. You know, why didn't God answer our prayers at that time? Why didn't God answer your prayers in your time of need? But know that God loves you. He's on the journey with you. And there will be a victory. That's the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Some of it you'll see it here on earth. Some of it you'll see it in all of eternity. So hang on to that. Don't settle for anything less. So what had the rich man forgotten in this journey? I think we learned some lessons from coming to the kingdom of God like a child. And just quickly in the time we have this morning, I want to talk about what, is it, what do we learn from a child that the rich man needed to take hold of so that he didn't put his reliance just on what he could accumulate but he really trusted um, in the character and nature of God. Children have a sense of wonder, don't they? Don't you love how a little child can play with a snail, you know, or a, or a matchbox? 
piece of Lego. You know, the smallest things can fascinate them. And sometimes as human beings, just in the busyness of life, this wonder gets squashed out of us. And I think God wants to bring into our lives again a sense of wonder and awe. Um, we love going camping, and one of the things in camping, you know, is just to you get up in the night um, to go to the bathroom, especially when you're my age, it's hard to get through the night without at least one bathroom stop, and you see the stars before you. It's amazing. You're walking on the beach, and it's a sunrise or a sunset, and something of the wonder and the majesty and the awesomeness of God. And I think what the rich man had lost in his life was that sense of wonder, that sense of awe, that sense of majesty. And I think God's speaking to us about just capturing that again this morning. If we're going to understand something of what it is for the kingdom of God to come from heaven to earth, we need to capture that. The second thing is that it's natural for children to trust. You know, children learn to distrust by the way that they respond to adults around them. But, you know, a child shouldn't have to think about, well, where am I going to sleep tonight? Or what am I going to eat? Or is it going to be mum or dad or a caregiver to get me to school or to pick me up afterwards? Trust is lost, but, but for a child, they're born trusting those that care and nurture for them. And this morning, we need to capture again that sense of wonder and awe and that trust for a loving Father who loves us and cares for us and wants to be on the journey with us. For some reason, we're not told why, I think the rich young ruler had lost that ability to trust God, and so he placed his trust in what he could accumulate rather than what his heavenly Father wanted to do in and through his life. The third thing, and I'll have these points at the end for you, is that children, I think, are born with a desire to obey their parents. Now, some might say that desire is lost rather quickly. I'm not sure whether it's the first breath, some of you might say, or maybe it's a month or two down the track, but I think children are born with that desire to to please their parents, to obey them, to love them. And God wants us to have that kind of desire within us, to know that God has our best interests at heart. He wants us to obey him and to step with him because he has life and life in all of its fullness for us. And sometimes we settle for a watered-down version of what we can provide for ourselves. Maybe the rich young ruler was disappointed. Maybe his parents weren't able to provide for him. Maybe it was a struggle. We're not told. And so he's providing for himself and carving out the kind of life that he never had. But in the midst of all of that, God is wanting us to trust him first rather than to trust those around us. And the fourth thing that, that we see children are quick to do is to forgive. As I said in the, um, in the 8.30 gathering, I think we've all probably had the experience as parents. I remember our son Jonathan, that I pulled him up on something that he had done wrong and I sent him to his room. And then I found out that he was actually the innocent party. <laughs> and, and who's a parent? No, am I alone? Has any parents had to apologise to their children? Yes, but your children are with you in the room and you're not going to confess it. I understand that. <laughs> So having to go down to Jonathan's room and saying, hey, Jonathan, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. I didn't know all of the facts. Will you forgive me? And Jonathan very graciously said, yes, Dad, I will. It'll cost you a PlayStation. Yes, but I'll forgive you. (laughs) And, you know, we need to learn what it is as adults to forgive one another. I think children know how to do that. I think sometimes in the midst of of all that's happened to us, we find that difficult, And, and in doing that, Sometimes we miss the plans and the purposes that God has for us. Life goes better, doesn't it, when we're quick to forgive, slow to anger, and quick to forgive, the scriptures say. We should always seek to glorify God in everything that we do. 
And um, one of the phrases we have here at Activate is to, part of the way we do that is wherever we are, whatever we're doing, to be like Jesus. And Jillian and I recently stumbled upon the words of John Wesley. We've been, as we've been, you know, travelling around doing road trips, we've been listening to some audio books. And um, this quote came up in one of the audio books that we were listening to, and Hannah's going to put it on the screen for us. And I thought, this for me just fleshes out something of what it means wherever we're never to be like Jesus. John and Charles Wesley were two brothers. They were very involved in the pioneering of the Methodist Church. They rode hundreds of miles over over England, preaching the gospel to thousands of people. Um, Ray reminded me, we think it was John Wesley who said, work as hard as you can and um, live off as little as you can to give as much as you can whenever you can. Um, I've, I've butchered his quote, but I'm sure you can find the real version. But this is the real version of this quote. I was thinking, yeah, what does it mean to wherever, whenever be like Jesus? Do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. I like that, don't you? I think that captures something of what it means to wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. And I think the rich ruler had lost something of that in the busyness of life and providing for himself. He'd forgotten that essence of what it means to be a follower of Christ. I want to um, skip now to the next slide because time's marching on for us. Um, and just to have a look here and see. You know, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is probably speaking to people this morning in one of these four areas. Coming back to the theme this morning, we're going to have the victory in Jesus Christ. What does that look like for you? I want to suggest that maybe the Holy Spirit might be speaking to us in one of these four areas. The first is... What are we investing our lives in that will stand the test of time? And if the Holy Spirit's talking to you about one of these things, it'll be right there. You know, don't think you have to kind of dredge up the last 50 years, or if you're not as old as that, the last 30 years, or if you're not as old as that, the last 20 years. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Or during this week, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. But what's become a false comforter? What's What's taking the place of of the Holy Spirit in your life that would bring that victory for you? What are you investing your life in that will stand the test of time? Or what are you investing your life in that won't stand the test of time? The second thought I wanted to leave you with this morning is, where do you need to trust God? Is an area where it's difficult for you to trust God? We've got a daughter that we're praying for to recommit her life to Jesus, and sometimes it's just difficult to to trust God in that area. Recently, she needed a flat. She was away on holiday with us. And we said, we're going to pray for you for a flat. And who knows? It's difficult to find accommodation in Aotearoa, New Zealand at the moment, uh, especially, you know, if you're a young person. And, um, and so we prayed and we heard this week, hey, Dad, I got a flat. To which mum replies, well, that's good because you know we have been praying for you. And we have. So what are those areas in our lives? Again, the Holy Spirit will speak to you where you're just finding it difficult to trust. What area of your life is God looking for obedience in? You know, someone once said, if you haven't had revelation from God, often it's because you haven't been obedient to the last revelation you had from God. So it's like, God, give me revelation. And God's saying, Michael, you haven't you know, stepped out in the last revelation I gave you. So is this something that God's speaking to you in that area? And lastly, are there people that we need to forgive? 
again, Holy Spirit will bring that to mind. If we can have the musicians back, that would be great. Oh, they're already there, fantastic. I want us just to close our eyes for a moment and bow our heads and just allow the Holy Spirit just to sort through your mind and your thinking. This, this theme of victory. You know, victory is going to come, I believe, God's saying this morning, as we respond in some of these areas. As God takes hold of those areas in our lives where sometimes there's pain, sometimes there's suffering, sometimes there's disconnect, and God wants to meet us in the midst of those. And God wants to bring us a victory. I have a, a picture of some people, as Naomi said, that you actually need people around you to hold up your hands. It's just too hard. And so you need people to hold up your hands and to stand with you, whatever you're facing, and just to believe that there will come a resolution. For some of us, we're just going to have to live with mystery, just trusting God's character and nature, and trust that God will work it out, that we might have life, and we might have life in all of its fullness. This morning, I want to give the opportunity before I close to us in the room here and those that watching online, if you've never committed your life to Jesus or if you've committed your life but you've kind of gone off on a tangent and you just feel that God's saying, hey, I want you to come back on track. I want you to enter into this partnership with me. So if you need to commit your life to Jesus' forgiveness and leadership for your life for the first time or a recommitment, does his head to about and eyes are closed? As you're at home, as you're at home watching online, Wherever you are, you know God will see you. Can you indicate that just by raising your hand? I won't embarrass you and ask you to come to the front, but I'll just acknowledge that. Thank you. See that hand. Anyone else? Thank you. Lord, I thank you for those that are responding this morning. I really feel God saying, as you respond, this God's grace is with you. It's not like you have to do it just by your own human effort. It's not just the power of positive thinking. As you have responded out of obedience, God's grace is there for you. The Holy Spirit is there to take the next step. And Lord, I pray for those who have responded this morning. Holy Spirit, would you be on the journey? Would you show them what their next step's like in the midst of maybe difficult seasons that they're facing? Give them hope. Help them to know that you're with them. Help them to know that you're a God who can redeem even the difficult seasons of life to bring out something of your character and your nature. Lord, I pray for your blessing, the blessing of Jesus over each person who's responded, over each person who's in this auditorium or online at home. God, be with us. Help us to trust you. Help us to live as little children with trust, with obedience, with forgiveness, and investing our lives in things that are eternal, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Michael. That was excellent. Bit of a theme coming through this morning. Hey, well, church, thank you for joining us today. Um, look, afterwards, if, if you would like prayer, we do have the prayer team available again. So if you'd like prayer for anything and you'd like someone to stand with you in prayer, just come on um, up the front afterwards and the team will be available again to pray. Um, thank you for, for your giving. Remember, as you head out, there's giving stations on the left if you want to give by FPOS or cash. Otherwise, there is online as well. 
Um, parents, we ask you to please pick up your kids first and then chat. Otherwise, the kids get left there late at the end. And, um, the, and when you head out there, just say a big thank you to the, to the uh, kids' church leaders involved. They do an awesome job of helping our kids connect with God and have, an, uh, have their own kids' church experience out there, which is cool. Uh, but let's, uh, let's finish with a song. We'll take it away. Awesome. Let's stand to our feet. Probably this song that we're witnessing, Victory, will sound slightly different than it did maybe at the beginning of the gathering. Awesome. To walk with you with all my heart. Here we go. Although trials may come, let your will be done. You already won. So with everything, my heart will sing that you were king.
like water, so, so I thank you, Oshé. I go lift you, Oshé. I go pray you, Oshé, oh. 